Zeit ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm Acorn. I'm Murgles. And I'm PB. Wollen wir anfangen? We nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> so before we dive in, I just want to remind our listeners that this is a companion podcast and not a watch along. So you definitely want to have watched the entire series before listening to this. We're going to be getting deep into the themes and symbolism of all of the episodes. So you definitely want to be caught up before you listen. Um, but it's also going to be more of a discussion between friends. So each week we go away with a topic for the week and we've written down our own notes and we don't share them with each other. And so this is going to be a conversation about our thoughts and observations. And so because of that, we're not always going to get everything right, but that should lend itself to more surprises and ultimately we want you to feel like you're having a conversation with us in our living room. Which we're not technically in our living room, but we feel like we are. We're all in our pajamas right now. We've got tea <laughs> and or coffee. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're game. We're ready. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Mickle. Where yes. or when is Mickle? <gasps> but before we jump into that, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to go over. Yes, we do. Um, because we want to to chat a little bit. And we were thinking with the topic of this conversation, what would you do if you could travel back in time in your life? Where would you travel to? I will go first. Let's see. Where am I going in time? Oh, that's such a good question. I honestly... Okay. D am I going back in time as me now with everything that I've learned so far? Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Totally. Oh, man. I would straight up Jonas myself. I would go back in time and I would just want to have a conversation with younger me, I think. Um, and I would. I what would, would you say to her? Are we going to cry now? Maybe. Um, okay, go I'm for gonna it. I'm going to try not to cry. So my first my first thought was I'd go back to like high school time period and just be like, hey, this is going to be this is rough, but you're going to be fine. Like you're going to get through everything. Okay. And maybe get some therapy because parents don't understand like that. That's a really good thing to have and whatnot. But then when I had a second to let my brain catch up, definitely I should go back to when I was 12. Uh, very specific age. It's, it's when everything kind of sort of changed in my life. Like we had just abruptly moved from Japan and my parents didn't really know how to tell us we were moving so it was just like one day we're we're moving and so uh you know that happened and then my parents were also going through a, a horrific divorce and yeah it was like we that first winter so I'd never seen snow before and that first winter um we didn't have heat in our apartment and it, or in our the wow. house that we were renting it was just like it was really crazy and rough and wild and weird and I just would love to go back in time and just have a conversation with that little girl and be like, hey, you know, how are you feeling? Because I don't think anybody asked me that. Um, 
Yeah, and just kind of be like, it's going to be okay, and it's okay to feel weird. Like, you feel really lost right now, and that's okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's probably what I do, yeah. I wouldn't, oh my gosh. I wouldn't necessarily change anything. I love anything. you so much. I love you too. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because it's who, you know, it's the same Jonas thing. Like everything that happened to you is going to make you who you are. And I don't yeah. want to not exist. Current PB doesn't want to not exist because, you know, everything that happened to me made me who I am and I'm grateful for that. But I also would, you know, like to just maybe just have a conversation. I think it would help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so too, man. What about you, Murgles? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> we mentioned very like quickly before recording, and I think just bouncing off of that, that concept of really sort of, I don't know, deep, I can't help but get deep with this question. So initially, my, my answer is always like, no, I wouldn't. But if I could, I think I would want to go coincidentally, also when I was 12, I would want to go back in time. Uh, my dad passed away of cancer when I was 12, um, just a couple of weeks before my 13th birthday, actually. And um, I wouldn't want to go and see myself, but I think I would want to go and see him. Oh, and I would want to like, wow, my God, I'd want to sit down with him. Like, it's very dramatic, but like while he was sick, uh, yeah. he was like living at home in his in his apartment and we were like visiting and stuff. And I would want to like, I don't know, just stroll on in while he was like sitting in his chair and just be like, hey, I'm going to catch you up on some of the stuff that you aren't going to see. And like, wow, look at how cool I am now. And like, I followed my dreams and became an animator. Like you told me I was going to. And I did that. And like, I live in Germany now and I've fallen in love and I'm you were learning German when I was a kid. But look, now I am and like all of this stuff, you know. So holy shit, I would want to do that. What about you, Acorn? Let me compose myself for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, we're we're all friends here. And so I feel like we we know a certain amount about each other. I know PB, you and Mergs have been friends for longer. And so you definitely know more about each other's life. Um. But I did not know that you lost your father, Mergs. And yeah. that floored me because I also lost my dad when I was a kid. And that in many ways defined my life. And yeah. to your point, PB, I don't think I would go back and try to change anything because all of the hardship that I went through made me who I am today. But I do think going back and having at least a conversation with my younger self would help because I think a lot of my life I never felt understood I really struggled with just feeling like I I belonged or I accept I was accepted and I think a lot of it came from losing a parent so young and I think just having that conversation of like hey life is going to be hard um but you don't have to be perfect you don't have to achieve anything just follow your dreams be yourself experience life um I think that would have gone a long way even if it was just coming from someone who who knew, who actually knew. Do, yeah. do you think it would make a difference? Like, would you go back and just have that conversation as a stranger? Or would you let yourself know I'm you from the future? That's a tough one because, yeah. oh man, fantasy was such a huge thing for me when I was a kid. That's where I escaped. And that's that was my reality some yeah. days. That was everything. 
Um, so I almost wonder if it would be too confusing to go back and say, hi, I'm from the future and yeah. I'm you, because then it would plant the seed of almost like looking for time travel for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was wondering that if you would forever, yeah, just yearn for when's the day that I'm going to travel, you know, when am I going to yeah. do this? And all the decisions yeah. you would actually not end up making. Yeah. In order Trying to, to guide yourself wait there. for that. Yeah. 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 So I almost think maybe as a stranger, but a knowledgeable stranger, like yeah. I, I know what you've gone through and I've gone through something like that too. So let's talk and you're going to be okay. Yeah. 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 I think I would take that route as well. I don't think I would let myself know that I'm from the future. Yeah. I think yeah. letting yourself know would probably be, I think that's why I was like, I wouldn't even want to see myself. Yeah. Solid yeah, answers, sure. man. Ooh, oh my God. That These was are a some, good question. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. Thank you guys for sharing such yeah. beautiful things. It actually, yes. yeah, well, thank you. Um, it actually segues into housekeeping a little bit, I think, because we would love to know yours, your answer mm -hmm. and, and your thoughts on the episode as well. If there's anything that we miss that you feel like including or just kind of sharing your perspective on what we talk about, we'd love to hear it. Um, so you can do that by using the hashtag on Twitter, Dark Companion Pod, or emailing us at darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. And I just only have two points from housekeeping last week because I edited the episode. And it, so what we've decided to do is that um, each person that is going to take the lead on the episode, they're also going to be the one to edit the episode. And then if we have housekeeping notes, for the next week, they'll just cover those a little bit. So my two are, we forgot Helg. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> we talked we about <laughs> we talked about everyone's secrets except for Helg. He's mentioned a couple times in relation to other people's secrets, but we totally skipped over his secrets. Um, but we've decided that we're going to cover all of his secrets in his solo episode because he has one. So yeah. don't worry, those are coming. And then the other um, housekeeping note that I had was that Murgles mentioned how weird it was that Noah kidnaps and kills his future wife's deaf boyfriend. Yeah. I also found that incredibly interesting. And then we just never talked about it. I very like casually threw it up. I was like, yeah. And then, you know, he like, it's kind of weird that Noah like kidnaps. And, and then I did not follow the rest of the thought. Yeah. And I, I took a note as I was editing and I went, that's actually really cool. And we should talk about that. So don't worry if you had the same reaction I did. We're going to cover that in Noah's episode as well. And those are my only housekeeping, only housekeeping bits from last week's episode. Cool. Awesome. I can only imagine the people listening going like, we get to the end. We're like, is that everyone? I think it is. Okay, <laughs> let's do our outro now. And it's like, wait, what about Helga? <laughs> yeah, they, they probably had the same reaction I did. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> can we can we Help. call the episode for Helga? <laughs> yeah. Can we just call it, we totally forgot about Helga? We forgot Helga. you. <laughs> we forgot yeah. you. Because yeah. also yeah. I feel like, the show does never, it, the show never does, but the characters certainly mm -hmm. do at certain points. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was, yeah. I was shocked by that, but it was our first episode and I think we did a great job covering pretty much anybody else. But yeah, yeah. I just wanted to do those two housekeeping bits. So good. All right. Well, we're talking about Mickle today. Mm -hmm. Where or when is Mickle? And so to, to kind of start off, who is Mickle? Yeah, I think so. Mickle is... When you're first introduced to him, he is obsessed with magic. And I think that that's really important to his character. Um, the first scene is him showing his dad a trick, a disappearing act, if you will. And I think 
watching his fascination with Houdini, it's an immediate parallel to the fact that he's going to disappear and reappear. Mm -hmm. I would also like to say that in doing research for this, because uh, I was like super, I caught on to the Houdini parallel and his obsession with Houdini. Um, One of the other things that I noticed was, I mean, this is like a spoiler for later, but when he takes his own life, the way he does it, which is by hanging. And Houdini was known for escape tricks with ropes and tying himself up and all of these things, hanging from buildings and things like that. Um, So I wondered, part of me wondered if that was also like something that the showrunners had thought about. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, Mm -hmm. that's actually a good point. I guess to summarize Mikkel, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows who Mikkel is, but Mikkel is the younger brother to Marta and uh, Magnus. And we're first introduced to him early on episode one in that whole family dynamic. And he goes missing later that episode. He's, it kind of just gravitates around him going missing and he ends up going back in time and becoming Jonas's father. So that whole season one kind of focuses around where or when is Mikkel. So I think that's a good summary for who he is. Yeah, just that. It's crazy to think that he grew up in 2019, mm-hmm. went back to 1986, and mm-hmm. then lived all the way up to 2019 only to commit suicide in yeah. the time of his boyhood. What would you do, though? I know. Well, he thought he had to. He thought he was participating in the cycle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So he was born in the 2000s, and in 2019 is where the the show starts. He's born in 2008. Is it 2008? I mean, just yes. Born in 2008 to Ulrich and, and Katarina. Perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while the show starts with his disappearance, the his actual timeline starts in the show a little earlier than that because it was June of 2019 where his, his parents had that 25th anniversary party. Yes. And that was the day he woke up with rashes all over his body and on the way to the doctor. Wait, what? Yeah, what? That's June 20th. He kills himself June 21st. Yeah. The day after that party. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. I just. <laughs> the day after their anniversary. Wow. I cannot. In going through this timeline, I'm like, are you kidding yep. me? All the details. This amount of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted your timeline. Please continue. No, no, it's okay. So he he has this rash and his parents take him to the doctor and it's on the way to the doctor where we see that scene where traveling Jonas is on the side of the road and they're like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be at the, the river? Oh, the yeah. Lake? Ultimate fist bump. Yeah. Yep. Ultimate fist bump. Mm. Oh, and this is also where they tease him about Martha. So yeah, I thought it was neat how I don't know if young Jonas ever heard directly that Martha had a crush on him. I think he kind of inferred that. But then in this scene, the Nielsen family tease him about Martha's so into you and yeah, you know, you guys should get together and kissy kissy and whatever parents do. Now this is before they actually anything happens between them because it ends up happening at the party, right? Okay. Yes. Just keeping my timeline straight. But then the Nielsen's stopped by the Conwalds that day because it's the day of their anniversary and I guess Mm -hmm. they're picking something up for the party or something. 
And Hannah has that moment of deja vu next to the car when she looks at Mikkel. And then Mikkel goes inside to go to the bathroom. And then that's where he encounters Michael. Because Michael lurks outside the bathroom and knows that's his younger self. And so he doesn't know what to do, but is like drawn to him knowing this is the day that everything is starting to come back together. So do you think he knows or do you think he thinks he's crazy? I think he knows. That's my theory. What about you, Marks? Um, I actually think that there's, uh, I don't know. That's tough because I think that they do a lot of- I think of, there's evidence both ways. Yeah, I think they do a lot yeah. of like implying that he, there is a line that I actually wrote down where um, Inez asks him when, when Mikael and Inez first meet, Inez asks him about Master Zhuang's paradox. One day she dreamt that she was a butterfly and woke up confused if she's still a person who dreamed she was a butterfly or if she's a butterfly who's dreaming. She asked Miko what he think he uh what he would think he was, to which he responds both. And so I mm-hmm. think like yeah. that's a really good indicator of the fact that I'm sure there is some crazy deep burying of everything in order to live your day-to-day life and not be completely stuck in the past. Um, and you know, my interpretation of watching it was just this moment where he really starts, he like actually sees himself as he was when he went missing, Mm -hmm. which is the only record that he has that that happened. I think this moment where he sees him um, is the first time, one of the first times where it's really impactful. Like, oh, that is what I looked like when I went missing. That is me, you know? Yeah. And they almost like he's coming out of a dream. Yeah. Mm. They also reference that he is on, I think, antipsychotic medicine. Like he's on some meds Uh, And then also that he's a recluse, that he does not go out. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't go to parties or anything. And it's, I think it's a point of contention between Hannah and him. And I think we all know why, because you would just be insane watching your parents grow old and fall in love and then have you. And then, you know, even if you thought you were crazy and then they have a son and they call him Mikkel and you're like, oh, you know, just like every or Marta single t- or Magnus. Yeah. Every single day of your yeah. life, you're just like, what is happening? And and I, I'm really fascinated by the idea that he doesn't know if he is crazy or not. Yeah. And and yeah. also he becomes a painter, which I think they I think that's just a very interesting occupation for somebody who is kind of dealing with such crazy like his is all real it's not psychosis but there is that trope that artists great artists will go you know are crazy or suffer from uh, a lot of mental illnesses and things like that so I just thought that was very interesting or even art as therapy yeah Mm -hmm. do we ever see his paintings in the background do we ever see what he's drawing I don't think so I wonder. It's really? like bits and pieces. It's more sketches, I think. He keeps referring to a painting, but we don't actually see the painting itself. But in his studio, we see like papers of dark blobs and really like dark style I got it. of painting. Yeah, you can you, see you can see it. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it in our Discord so that we can talk about it. I love that we can just. There's three of us, so one of us can just Google while the other is talking, and then be like, <laughs> yes. "Here it is." <laughs> Um, does that not look like a time loop oh, to you wow. up in the top oh, right corner? Oh my gosh. That's the oh, cave yes. time loop. Yeah. 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 And then it, it almost looks as if that, that image there is part of the, 
the sort of split screen intro style that we have. Yes. Of yeah. I wonder if, totally if you is. cut it up the tree and one? then like rearranged it, if it would be the if it would look like the entrance to the cave. Now wait a the minute. Cave. Yeah. What is that in the top left corner? Because it looks like it looks like oh. a statue sculpture. Oh, oh actually, dude. I know what that is. Go on. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, is that a is that a Bernini sculpture? It might be. I can't tell. It's pretty dark. Okay. Yes, that is. I don't know how to say this, but it is a famous sculpture. Lao Kun and his sons. It's okay. on display at the Vatican Museum in Rome. So yes, it is a very famous sculpture. Okay. Um, what does the sculpture represent? Do we know? I'm looking it up. Also, oh I have I have looked at while you're looking that up, the mm-hmm. the mirrored image uh, that you're referencing, or no, sorry, the top right that is the t- time loop is actually something called a Klein bottle. It's a two dimensional manifold that can only exist in a fourth dimension. Basically, oh, right. it has no beginning or an end. I've seen those before. Yeah. People have like 3D printed those. Yeah, and. There's a couple really good YouTube videos that go over that. It's a crazy concept. Yeah. And that's just super cool that that's something in the background. Yep. Um, so, yeah. It's, oh, wow. It, it could also be interpreted, I think, as the black hole leading into itself, right? The Ouroboros. Yeah. Man, that's... So, I think I'd have to say, because of that, I think he knew. Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think there are signs. Do we want information on this sculpture? Yes, of course we do. Yeah. That's, just, that's the whole point of this podcast yes. is just theorize. I'm so excited. Well, it's kind okay. of like our, it's kind of like the show is like conspiracy theorists about dark. <laughs> We're just yeah, like, literally. what could this possibly mean? And do we have evidence <laughs> that he knew or didn't know? Anyway, I'm so sorry. How much red string do all of us yeah, have exactly. to go through all of this? Even deeper, <laughs> it, red string's a thing in the <laughs> show. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so the sculpture, interestingly enough, it was excavated in Rome in 1506 and placed on public display in the Vatican. So it is um, an ancient sculpture. Pliny attributes the work to three Greek sculptures from the island of Rhodes. I'm going to butcher this, and I'm so sorry. Agassander, Athenodoros, and Polydoros, but does not give a date or a patron. It is one of the finest examples of Hellenistic Baroque, which, you know, gives some sort of time period, I guess. Now, the group has been called the prototypical icon of human agony in Western art. And unlike the agony often depicted in Christian art showing the passion of Jesus and martyrs, this suffering has no redemptive power or reward. The suffering is shown through the contorted expressions of the faces. Charles Darwin pointed out that Lao Kun's bulging eyebrows are physiologically impossible which are matched with struggling bodies, especially that of Lacoon himself with every part of his body straining. So that that is intense. Uh, this, so there are snakes as well. I'm, I'm literally just reading from Wikipedia for the record. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it's fine. There are snakes. He's wrapped around in snakes. And um, the t- apparently, according to Pietro Aretino, they're depicted as biting and constricting and are intended as venomous. Uh, the two serpents and attacking the three figures produce the most striking semblance of fear, suffering, and death. The youth embraced in the coils is fearful. The old man struck by the fang is in torment, and the child who has received the poison dies. So it is three men 
of varying ages, young, old, and middle-aged. Shut up! This show is amazing. (laughs) This show is amazing, and I am so glad we did this podcast. I'm so glad, because I never would have seen that. Wow. I know. Holy cow. Holy cow. This is why we're doing it, friends. This (laughs) right here, this moment. (laughs) Okay. I like... Okay, it's on my bucket list now to be able to speak to the writers of this show because I I can't. This is oh incredible. What would you ask them? Because I f- I just want to like <laughs> I want to talk about their their research, their process. Yeah. I'm like how can you possibly keep track of all of this stuff in development? You you brought this into life from nothing and you brought it to life with all of this complexity and yeah. references. This is a painting that's on the wall in the background of a mm-hmm. scene. It's not well, even in I think, the show. Yeah, you know? I think that it's probably like, and maybe I, I'm just projecting here because I do a little bit of like time travel on the shows that I kind of yeah. do. But I think it's like a moment, at least when it happens to me, it's like, oh, w- something needs to go here in the background of the scene. What are we going to do? And then it's like, oh, I'm going to leave an e- Easter egg here for people yeah. if they catch it. And this is what it's going to So what could I put? And then going in and, and doing the research. research. Yeah. Okay. And then I will go and I will do the research and then I'll slide it and I'll be like, this is perfect. This is a perfect thing to hide in the corner here. Well, especially especially when they're doing like set design and set yes. dressing and stuff, they would be like, okay, well, we need to fill this up. We need art yeah. to put on the walls. He's an artist. So what do we put? And then, you know, the showrunners are like, oh, do I have the, gra- the yeah. best idea? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Just amazing. Amazing. I'm so glad amazing. that we found that, guys. Yeah, that Oof. was that was absolutely incredible. I love it. So, 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 so good. Now, do we know what the one on the bottom right is? Because I feel like... Um, can you do me a see. favor, Murgles, mm-hmm. and look up, look up the Sigmundus photo of the group of them? Because I feel like those shapes are supposed yeah. to be people. And I'm having a little bit of a, a heart race here thinking that it might be the Sigmundus group. Okay. <gasps> um, I am sending... <gasps> all right it is in the discord oh my god are we freaking out is it is it that it looks similar i think it's what <gasps> oh. it's supposed to be yeah because oh. it's got the it's got the heads of the people if you can kind of see and then it's got um they're layered so it could just be would he know about Sigmundus? it though? could also be the emerald tablet too yeah. a little bit yeah it could yeah, it could be that. It also looks like it just could be the infinite symbol looped over and over and over and over again. Oh, that is literally what that is. I'm looking at that. Yeah. I think that like the, literally is what that the is. Loop, the loop, the loop, the loop, and he just did it over and over and wow. over. You can see it. Oh, yeah. You can especially see it on the, the left, on right? the side. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Th- those who are listening to the episode going, what are they looking at? We're going to put this picture in the show notes. You go to geekgeneration.com slash dark. Click on the episode which is episode two, and we'll have the, right there in the blog post, we're going to have the picture for you to to look at so you can also digest it. Well, that was a huge, that was a huge tangent talking about his studio, but I'm so glad yeah. we went on it, Yeah, man. that's, the, the, oh that's my kind gosh. of the point and why we're kind of dedicating episodes to individual people because there is so much detail that we could definitely cover it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Michael's in his studio looking out the window when Mikkel comes inside to use the restroom. So this is where he's standing around with his art around him. And when he goes downstairs and they Mikkel leaves the restroom and they lock eyes, they have this really uncomfortable moment where there's some sort of recognition there. What do you think is going on in that moment? 
Oh, that's a good question. I think my very first thought when I saw that scene was uh, Mikkel is like, who are you? Literally never seen you before because you are the creepy dude who avoids me uh, is kind of what I thought. And then Mikhail being like, sorry, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to pretentiously say his name with the German accent. No, please do it. Um, yeah, please. Yeah. And I think that Mikhail is like, oh, that's me. I'm scared. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't influence me in any way, shape or form. Uh, do, yeah. Do you think? OK, I have a question, though. I would be like so tempted to say don't go. Yeah. But he never Ooh. influences himself. This goes back to our housekeeping question. Yeah. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself or if you could just go back in time in your life, yeah. what would you do? It's like that moment he sees himself as a young boy. Yeah. And he's just frozen. I wonder how much of that is uh, genuine, like thinking through that or having any cognizant, like having any thoughts at all, or if it's just trauma, trauma he response. must have because he watched himself get born, though. Yeah. So yeah, he, that's true. He's, he must have thought of it. He must have thought over and over, what am I going to do? Do I stop yeah. myself? And then he probably looked at Jonas oh. and was like, mm-mm. Everything yeah. that happened to me made me who I am, right? And I love my son. Ooh. And at this point, he doesn't know Ugh. about the suicide. So he's just yeah, like, he's I like won't stop this... my younger self because of my son. Yeah. Wow. Oof. God, that's, the show is so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's probably thinking, I think he's probably thinking that. That's my answer. Like, I don't, don't influence me. Don't speak because if I do speak, it might be to stop myself from going. And I don't want that. I genuinely don't want that. Yeah. And obviously younger Mikhail is like this weirdo, you know, and I think we don't know as a viewer yet that Mikhail is Michael yet. Oh, we At do. At this point, we, we do. do. Okay. Because this episode covering this uh, time frame within June 2019 is in season two. Season I think. Two? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because he disappears in November, and that's where mm -hmm. we're going next. Yep. November 2019. Nice segue. That was so good. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Professional podcast over here. <laughs> Thanks. This is where the show actually begins, and we see Katarina trying to get Mikkel to change out of his magician clothes early in the morning before school. Marta's like doing this, I don't know, hunger strike for, or something. We're introduced to elements of their characters in this scene. Magnus comes up and smacks Mikkel on the back of his head and, and that kind of thing. And this is where we are first introduced to the concept of it's not where but when because Mikkel does a magic trick for his father. And he straight up says, how did you do that? And he says, not how, yeah. but when. Yeah, when did I do it? Um, which is amazing. And that's November 4th. Yep. That's the date. A little note about that mm -hmm. scene that I went back to look for is Marta says, are you absolutely sure Mikkel isn't adopted to her mother? <laughs> and it made me laugh because, well, he is just in a different timeline. In a different timeline. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good, man. That's so good. Yeah. I'd also like to, there's something that like in, in pondering and having seen all of the seasons and us talking about it right now, it just kind of like whammied me in the face. You know, that's the last moment that Ulrich sees Mikkel. And when older Ulrich goes and sees Mikkel uh, in the 80s, after he leaves the um, 
the institution, he plays out that scene to yes. him to show him that it's him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it just hit me like how he must have been playing through that moment, his last moment with his son for the last yeah. 33 oh, years. Yeah. And that when he finally sees him again and instead of running up and going, I'm your dad, <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> you know, he he's probably memorized it, this sort of weird thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good observation because I think I think you're right. This is before school. Then he goes off to the police station. The kids go to school and then after school, they go to the woods. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think that is his last moment. That with is his the last son. moment. Oryx's Oryx story is so upsetting and I cannot wait till we get to his episode because Same. Yeah. I have so much to say about that, but my goodness. Yeah. That night, Mikkel goes with his brother and sister to the forest since there's no one to watch him. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking through the forest, Mikkel brings up Eric Obendorf saying that his classmates believe Eric is trapped in a basement somewhere. Horrific. You made a face, Murgles. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, So I made that face because there is a point. So when I was doing research as well for this, um, and this is specifically for, uh, I found this on the darknetflix.fandom.com. So it's a fan site, but. And we say that with love because we're getting all sorts of stuff. Oh my gosh, we're getting everything. Fandom, the dark wiki, (laughs) like we love the subreddit. We love you all. Oh my God. So if you ever hear this podcast, we just, we love you. Yeah. Yes. So okay. he so he says that he's trapped in a, uh saying his classmates believe he's trapped in a basement which is um crazy cuz he pretty sure he literally is. Um yeah. and then apparently Magnus say it says like he runs away and basically they have this sort of conversation and then Marta says that there are always good and bad people out there but the talk ends when uh Jonas references his late father and he goes on about how horrible it would be if your body wasn't found. And Marta says the opposite of what Mikkel has spoken and pleads to change the topic. So it's crazy because I'm pretty sure Jonas is who found Mikael, yes, his dad. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so oh, right. it's yeah. just like a very unique moment where like young Mikkel is learning about like what is the better way to be found. Maybe that comes into his mind later on. I don't oh know. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just a very small detail that I caught and went, ooh. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's super interesting because I don't think, I don't think Jonas tells him, like, well, he tells him about the letter and that he died. He gives him the letter to read and then rewrite, right? But I don't think he ever says, you hung yourself. Did he? I can't I remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's heartbreaking. Anyway, we'll get to that point, I'm sure. Yeah. That's true. I know that we're we're working through a cycle here, so we're going to see mm-hmm. all of this again, but just from his adult perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do wonder, though, when he talks about Eric, how did the kids get so close to the truth? Rumors, I think. Because the kids in his class were saying that someone kidnapped him. They have mm-hmm. him locked up in a basement. And he, as a little boy, is wondering who would do that, who would lock someone up. But like he actually is locked up in a cellar. <laughs> Yeah. And someone kidnapped him. So I wonder where that element of truth came from. It's also, ironically, it's also the man who visits him in the hospital and asks him if he believes in God. That's the man who's like kidnapping and, you know, who would do such a thing? 
a priest. This man right here. Yeah. This person who we're all going to grow to love very deeply. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is disturbing. It is, but also a sign of how good the show is. You you get to feel for these characters that you initially dislike. So they get to the cave. They encounter Francisca. They find Eric's bag of drugs. And then they hear something coming from the cave. And all of their flashlights start to flicker. Jonas grabs Mikkel and they run together through the forest. But then Jonas trips and they lose each other. And we don't find out until later that Jonas finds Mikkel again, but it's not the same Jonas he was running through the woods with. It's an older Jonas. And that older Jonas tells him they need to hide in the cave because there's something dangerous out there. And so older Jonas leads this terrified boy through the wormhole in the caves and into 1986. Now, what is going through your mind when you watch your son grow up and you're like, you did it. You took me there. Yeah. I wonder if that's one of the things that he forgot that kind of blended into the fog. I think for at least for quite a few years after getting to 1986, he wondered why did Jonas do this? Yeah. But at that time, like, if you think about it, he goes back in time and he's still Mickle, wondering, why did my friend take me here? Yeah. And then he grows into adulthood and then has a son. And I think by that point, he may have forgotten the association until we're going to talk about this later when he's an adult. He has that moment when he sees Jonas holding the yellow raincoat. Yeah. And it all kind of comes back to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Sorry. The other question is why then you why then would you name your child after the person who apparently betrayed you, this childhood friend who brought you to 1986? (laughs) I think it's implied that it was Hannah's name choice, um, especially by the very last scene of the show. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. They go back in time together. And I think it's implied that they spend the night in the cave and when Mikkel wakes up, it's that scene where it's daytime and he runs through the woods to go home, not realizing it's 1986. And so he gets home and at the front door of his house, he encounters his father and his mother as teenagers when they're Mm -hmm. leaving for school on a motorcycle. And he looks down and he sees 1986 written on the newspaper by the door. And that's when he goes inside and everything's different. He encounters his grandmother Yana Nielsen, who initially believes that he is her long lost Mads. And so she has a moment where she breaks down in front of him and he runs away to escape and leaves her crying on the floor. Mm -hmm. And this is now November Uh, 5th, I guess, 1986. Because he sleeps overnight in the cave. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to the hospital where they kind of help him. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. After a couple points i think it's interesting how he goes from the cave to home when home isn't safe he goes to the police station when the police station isn't safe he oh no i take that back he goes to the school next yeah he goes from home to school and when he can't find his mother because katarina is the principal of their school he then goes to the police station to look for his father and that's when they call someone to take him to the hospital yeah yeah so i mean that's kind of a recap right there he looks for katarina at the school he runs into Hannah and a young Katerina. And I think Katerina is just really, what's the word, brusque with him. She like shoves him and accuses him of being on drugs because he's asking for this female principal when they have a male principal, that kind of thing. Which, strangely enough, he's not yet on drugs, but 
Innes <laughs> will later drug him to keep him calm, right? Yeah, and then he might be taking those um, drugs as, as an adult. Yeah, as an adult, yeah. Oh, my God. Brutal. Nods. These small nods. Oh, my God. Yeah. <gasps> I have just... Sorry, I... So as soon as you mentioned the newspaper, I wanted to quickly go and see if there were any details on that newspaper um, from 1986 that maybe we missed in the in the watch through. And the I love yeah. this podcast. I love this. We're detectives. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Vindana Tagablat is a newspaper that is seen throughout the show. So there are many moments where we come back to this newspaper. Um, including, you know, the moment where we have the iconic Van Istmikel. And the story that is running on the newspaper, on the cover of the newspaper, when Mikel sees it and knows it's 1986, is Chernobyl, half a year later. Oh, wow. There is, uh, there's like a line right at the very top. And so my German is all right, but it's not that all right. <laughs> so um, basically, there's like a, a note at the top referencing German nuclear reactors. Bericht über deutsche Reaktorsicherheit sieht nicht gerade russig aus. So it basically translates roughly to like the report on German reactor safety does not look so rosy or like does not look so <laughs> like hot. It's not looking so good. Also, there is a tag on the, on the side called Reise, which means travel. And oh, wow. so I think that is super cool because it's literally travel. Yeah. I just time traveled. Yep. Where are you going to? Anyway. So good. And this is all in German, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is all in German. Wow. So talk about Easter eggs. I mean, this is made with German actors in the German language, but you also have international viewers. So for a lot of your viewership who can't read German, that's really cool how it's embedded into that scene. They do so much of that. I love this. Yeah. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> so at the police station, Mikkel meets Egon, Egon Tideman. And when he's asked, he tells Egon that his father is Ulrich Nielsen. And of course, Ulrich is this teenage punk in the town. So Egon assumes this is some kind of prank. Uh, but then he notices Mikkel's injuries, how he scraped up. He has an injured arm and assumes that Ulrich put him up to this by like bullying him or beating him up or something. And so Egon calls a nurse to come pick Mikkel up and then he leaves to go question Ulrich. Um, but then later at the hospital, Mikkel refuses to reveal his identity to Inez or the nurses. So they just doctor him up. Um, but then finally, he tells Inez that he comes from the future. She is the first person he tells the truth to. Yep. God, it's so heartbreaking. Now, does she believe him? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she does either. I think she believes it's just like a little boy with his imagination. Trauma. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she thinks he's traumatized for sure, um, which is why I think she drugs him Yeah. Uh, later to kind of like calm him down. I think that's why she has such a hard time reading his letter. Because oh, can she, you imagine? Wow. I, mm, I, I cannot imagine not believing your son and then watching it unfold literally happen. Oh my god. Yeah, and then basically you've you've kind of not believed him your whole life and then watching yep, Mickle get born and then when he goes missing you're like, "Oh no. It yeah. was real. The whole thing was real." Yeah. 
Ooh. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a question, and maybe y'all can tell me what you think happened. Um, I'm curious about why Inez is removed from the photos in the house, and I don't know if they ever explain why. Uh, Hannah is like mad at her. I think on a no, phone call, she's she's mad at Hannah because she knows about the affair. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Inez straight knows up. about the affair? Yeah, straight <gasps> up. And Inez is kind of shutting Hannah out. They have a they have a call on the on the phone where it's like the power's out again. Are you just going to let us, you know, like, you know, if you don't want us to live in your house, because it's her house that she had gifted yeah. to her son. If you don't want us to live here, just tell us to leave. But, you know, your grandson lives here, too. And, you know, when you the power is not, I guess she's also paying the power bill for this house that she owns instead of Hannah doing it. But it's like... Yeah. You know, she says if if you've, you know, either cut the power, but your grandson lives here, too. So keep that in mind. She's super manipulative. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. But it makes sense because if Jonas is a painter and Hannah is like a massage therapist, that probably isn't very much money. Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail. Sorry, not, thank you. Uh, yeah, Jonas Michael. is a painter. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that she probably pays some of the expenses because he's also just can't really function uh yeah, yeah. yeah he can't hold a job that's not something like that so she probably here you can have this house you can live in our house and uh i will pay like the electricity or whatever yeah what's crazy as well is like when i was doing research and also watching the show it didn't hit me as much that um hannah actually starts her affair with ulrich the night of the anniversary party which yeah. means yeah. the night before he um before he dies and up until that point, I had always thought that that was something that she started after he had died. Yeah. Almost like a, you know, okay, well, I guess, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's been wanting him for a very long time, too. Yeah. Right. So I'm surprised it wasn't sooner. Yeah. Like, I, I guess that's, <laughs> I guess it's one thing uh, going for Hannah is she's, she waited a very long time, you know, most of her life. Before she finally came. Didn't Ulrich sort of kind of make the first move too there at the party? Yeah. 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 In the backyard. Yep. So she was just like, the door's open. Sure. Yeah. I'll walk through it. Yeah. Still terrible. Horrible. I hate her. Yeah. That's right. And then he kills himself the very next day, which yep. is just like, Oy. I know. I think this this next scene when Mickles in 1986 is a little displaced from the rest. So I didn't put it together until I was building this timeline. Mm-hmm. But when he is at the hospital, it's I think later that day on the 5th of November that he escapes through the window when the lights are flickering. And he runs through the forest to get to the cave now knowing that he can return home if he can just get through that passage. Oh, my God. And that's where he uses the lighter he stole from Egon's office to try to like navigate through. And this is the scene where they split the screen and they show Ulrich going into the cave to try to beat through that door. And Mikkel slips and hurts himself and is calling for help. And it seems to go across into 2019 where Ulrich is. And he hears it. That's right. And then he he hurts himself so badly he goes back to the hospital, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly. when he meets Noah. Yes. Yes. So, so the next scene. That's November 7th. So this all mm-hmm. happens in like the span of a week for this, for, for Mikkel. Yeah. 
Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is crazy because we see it across like two whole seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the idea of doing this timeline, though, is that yeah. it, we can see like how quickly everything happened uh, to him. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. Not only does Noah visit him on November 7th, but he hasn't spoken to anyone other than to tell Inez that he's from the future. So when Noah comes to visit him, I think he comes at Inez's behest. She asks him to come talk to Mikkel and he's from the local St. Christopher's Church, which is super cool because St. Christopher is the patron saint on that necklace that we see throughout the show. Well, the church is named after him too. A patron saint of traveling. Yep. Yes. Of travelers. Mikkel and Noah have this conversation about God and creation. And we learn here that Mikkel doesn't believe in religion or God. He thinks religion is just brainwashing for the masses because that's what he's learned from his parents. And Noah responds that God has a plan for every human being, including him. I just I just realized that Hanno is a anagram for Noah minusing minus one N. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. I was looking at it and I was like, Noah, blah, 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 aka Hanno. And then I went, oh, we, if it had one more N, it would be Hanno, just rearranged. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, but also Noah and the Ark and Adam, and that's yeah, probably yeah, why yeah. he did it. But that's just so cool because anagrams so cool. end up playing it into one of my theories for season three. So we'll get into that later. Ooh, Sorry. Okay. I just was like, what? <laughs> Please continue uh, with the time. Um, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's on the same day, but Mikkel meets Hannah outside while mm -hmm. he's sitting on the bench with his book. And mm -hmm. she comes up and asks him if he thinks that she's pretty, which, you know, is a great way to first meet someone. Hi, I don't know you. Do you think I'm pretty? Yeah, she also just doesn't care. And I think that's that's just another one of the things that I don't like about Hannah's character. She sits down next to this kid who's got like clearly a broken arm and she's just like, do you think I'm pretty? I don't really care about you at all or hello. I just need yeah. you to answer this question because I'm thinking about, about something else. Yeah. Am I pretty enough to win over Ulrich or whatever? Yep. I know she's like 12 and I shouldn't be so hard on her, but. Well, yeah. she doesn't get much better when she grows up either. No, so. she's trash. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. I feel so bad. The actress is probably like, but I found redeeming qualities in her. She, the actress is stunning. The actr oh, actress is amazing. amazing. I know. It's a it's a it's, it's a, a cool role you know, to take. It's a cool yeah. role to take. But goddamn, do I hate Hannah? Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to take that role. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yep. Um, they bond over magic because Hannah's like. Sometimes I wish that I had magic to like move bottle caps on the ground and, and stuff. And he tells her that there is no magic. Mm -hmm. It's just illusion. Mm -hmm. And he also tells her that he's from the future. And this is where they exchange names and they yeah. officially meet. Well, he doesn't technically tell her he's from the future because I think she says like, where did you learn how to do that? And he says from the future and she okay, laughs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think. Right. But he's trying. I think he's just being honest with everybody up for you know, at first. Because he's a yeah. kid. Yeah, but like, I don't think he ever tells Hannah the truth. Not directly, I don't think. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you're right. But I mean, ever in their marriage. I think he ne right. I think he goes the entire relationship never telling her the truth. And she doesn't really seem like the confide in type of person. No. Not to throw more shade. But I wonder <laughs> yeah. if not to, yeah, not <laughs> to throw, not to defend her, but yeah. I wonder if that lends to her pining after Ulrich. 
because they never communicate. They never have a relationship that is like an honest and open one. Yeah. Oh, true. And that closed door probably, you know, I'm not saying that that it's ever good to cheat or move on or, you know, whatever, but I can see if he's closed off and never really being honest and open and vulnerable with her, then yeah, that's yeah. not what she wants. Right. So. Yeah. But I still hate yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, you just gave her so much empathy yeah, just I now that I was like, empathy. oh man, I'm yeah. like going through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't I mean, wait. I've had some thoughts recently in preparing. That's the thing about dark. When you prepare for one episode, you find stuff for yep. other episodes. Yep. And so I have like 10 documents going now with like, information just for each character all over the place so Same. i can't wait to talk about her i actually i ran across something i thought was super cool oh you can't tease us like that but you have oh, to no, because I we am. can't talk yeah. we can't talk about no. gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next the next little bit i think is more of a montage in the show and you can correct me if i'm wrong it's um the couple scenes where Mikkel is standing in the hallway, staring at the framed emerald tablet. Mm-hmm. Then another scene where he's sitting outside and Inez brings him food. And then finally, Hannah comes to visit him and they exchange like um, a hello that we can't hear. I want to mm-hmm. say this is where we are observing from older Jonas. Yes, I think so, too. I think it's the same moment. Um, I do think that there is something interesting um which I think happens immediately after this, but it's November 12th. So again, still in like a week's worth of time for him. But uh, he has a conversation with Inez and she asks, that's the paradox question about the butterfly. But before she asks him that, she says, why, like he, he mentions Houdini and he says that Houdini, all he wanted to do was become a ma- magician and Mikkel says he has the same dream, but what he wants to do is impossible. And that is to wake up. Yeah. And I just think that's like such a heartbreaking line that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To be, I mean, like you said, this is the first week, but it kind of shows with that comment that he just still thinks this is all it's a, a dream. nightmare. Yeah. Or a dream yeah. and he can't wake up from it. Yeah. Which yeah. is actually, now that I think about it, it's very interesting because they show, I think the whole show starts with a wake up, doesn't it? Jonas wakes mm-hmm. up. Uh, <gasps> yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. yeah, they do that continually waking up from this dream and or nightmare or are they waking up into reality? Yeah. That's a really oh neat tip too. Oh my God. So good. In that same scene where they have the conversation about Houdini and the paradox, uh, he also shows her the magic trick yeah, using that's right. the sugar cube and the cups. Mm-hmm. And he teleports the sugar cube to the other cup and explains about Houdini and all of that. And it's shortly after that, I think it's even the same day, November 12th, 1986, where Inez decides to adopt him. And so he becomes Michael Conwald and they go to her house where he ends up living there for the rest of his life. And he is overcome by emotion and starts crying on the stairs and she comes over and embraces him. I can only imagine what he's thinking in that moment there's no words there's no dialogue other than like okay we're home and then you just see him break down and it's it's so moving i mean props to inez for having such a compassionate heart to bring him in to her home because yeah. i can't imagine can you yeah. imagine if you if you went to like the foster care system oh in 1986 gosh. instead if he didn't have a nice nurse who was like i want this boy i yeah. want to take care of him yeah it would have been yeah awful or would it have been? 
Oh, this man. is Germany. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, Girls, I also, have you heard about the foster care system in Germany? Yeah. Um, well, I got to be honest, I'm not an expert on the foster care system in Germany, <laughs> but I assume that it is, you know, probably not. It's probably still not the most fun time. Yeah. You know? So but what yeah. if what if he went to a different town? His life would be so different. Yeah. Do you think he would have just thought something traumatic happened to me when I was a kid? I got lots of therapy and I'm like, okay now, but. Well, it would, I'm curious because ultimately that was there someone pulling the strings to ensure that he ended up with Inez was Noah influencing her at any point in the background because she could have just simply like he could have been sent. There's so many reasons why he could have been sent away. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think they show anyone influencing her, which I actually no. think is kind of special mm-hmm. because they I just knew she's going to love him and take him. My heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Noah does know her because she asks him specifically to come talk to him. So I'm assuming she goes to church. She's a godly woman. So she probably goes to St. Christopher's Church. And who knows, maybe off screen, Noah's had some conversations about love and compassion and care and taking care of others. I bet his sermons and stuff were exactly what she needed to hear. Yep. Good call. I think that would be the extent of the the influence. Yeah. And just watching from afar, probably. Yeah. So this, of course, is when we really start to see Mikkel become Michael. And he's really struggles with this transition. He can't forget his family. He is having uh, a struggle with depression and Inez starts to drug him to help him yeah. calm down and to help him sleep. And this is over like several months leading up to uh, June 22nd, 1987. And that is how many months after? God, that's six months later. Mm. Yeah, like November to June. Yeah, that's a that's a long time. And he's gone, though, isn't he? They go somewhere, don't they? They go away oh. for the summer, it seems. Yeah, they um, go. Yeah, and nobody knows where they are. After the situation. Yeah, Just after because he... we know in season three that Katarina's like goes to the house, right? And yeah. she's trying to find yeah. them. And nobody knows where they are because it's like a... I want to say it's almost like witness protection where they're, they've just kind of moved and nobody knows so that he can... Yeah. Oh, right, because he almost gets kidnapped. Yeah, he yeah. gets kidnapped by... Yeah, by, by Ulrich. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, we're not even there yet. Okay. We're yeah. close, though. We're getting so We're close, close. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in June, he wakes up on his mom's birthday and is really depressed about that and tells Inez, like, it's my mom's birthday today. Yeah. And she reminds him about the past being the past and the now being now. Uh, but he still can't get it out of his head. And so he goes to the woods instead of to school. And he tries to go through or is going to go through the the cave trying to get back home. But this time, Noah is sitting there outside the entrance And he tells Michael not to go into the caves. And Michael asks him, well, what if God doesn't know what he's doing? And Noah responds with God is not wrong and we all just need some faith. Yeah. I'd also like to note quickly that that happens on June 22nd. He says June 22nd is his mother's birthday. And he takes his own life June 21st. And the anniversary is June 20th. So those three days are like big. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. If, if that is correct, like if that information is, yep. is June 22nd, correct, 1970. Yep. Yeah. Wow. 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 So he killed himself on like 
the off day in between yeah, in between his the two. family's special events. Mm. Wow. That's so intense. Yeah. This is also before we really understand Noah. So he's just a creepy priest mm-hmm. sitting outside this cave. Um, but he does a good job. He does such a good job. Mikkel goes home and he doesn't even try to go into the caves. God. Ugh. And of course, this is where Inez tries to cheer him up with the the toast Hawaii, which I learned was a real thing during the 1950s. It's like a very popular recipe. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like apparently um, I have it in my I have a, actually copied and pasted the recipe into my notes when I was watching. So I'm like, what is this? But it was popular in the 1950s and it's bread some cheese and pineapple like canned pineapple and it's baked and then you serve it with the cherry on top in the little hole that the, the so pineapple we have to make makes. this now is what you're That's, saying we all have to try this yeah can we do that next for next week sure yeah sure, sure. Yeah. it's abendbrot which is just like bread for dinner which used to be like the way that germans dinner like lunch was the bigger meal and dinner was always just a spread of bread and cheese and ham or like cheese and meats and so it, it seems like they were That's like, so cool. let's just throw some pineapple and a maraschino cherry on that. Cool. I love that. He seems to be happy by the end of the scene. She's like, you know, dancing around and, and teasing him with the, the toast Hawaii, like bringing it I, closer and then taking it back and ha- trying to have a good time. Yeah, I think he has a uh, I think he just he has moments of joy, but then he just has that thing in the back of his mind that is like that will never let him rest right i'm from the past or the future or am i real is this real am i just crazy i'm sure he had moments of where he thought he was just crazy for a long time probably until he started seeing recognizing his parents and until he recognized older hannah and marta and magnus and then you were like oh my god i haven't been crazy this whole time it's all been real. Which makes sense because I think Hannah, there's, you know, some discussion. I believe there's some discussion about the fact that his personality changed just, you know, within the last Recently, couple of yeah. years. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me that that stuff would he start coming back. He kind of thought he was crazy yeah. until himself, he himself was born. Yeah. And then he was yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Pro- he probably lived in deja vu for like years. Yeah glitch in the matrix yeah so this is where ulrich comes in because oh my boy ulrich i know (gasps) a couple days later on the 25th of june 1987 uh michael's sitting outside uh at the picnic table with a rubik's cube when ulrich comes out of the the forest and of course he just escaped from the institution as we see when we follow him but it's this crazy scene where Ulrich is overcome with emotion. Mikkel's or Michael's like a little confused, but he's still hospitable. He pours some glasses of juice. And then he's like, wait, you you look familiar to me. And Ulrich tells him he's been waiting 33 years for this moment. Oh. And as we pointed out, he does the whole cup thing, the trick. Oh. Yeah. And tells him like, I've been waiting for this for 33 years. And they embrace yeah, and then that's when we see more drugging. Is that the first time we see the drugging? 
with Inez. No, I think we see it before that. Yeah, I think, I think so, so too. Like when she's making yeah. the sandwich too, right? I think it's the day of his birth of his mom's birthday, and he's like, "I'm sad, my mom's birthday." And then, um, yeah, and then she's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna just make you some nice milk over here," yeah. <laughs> and she's just like pouring the powder in there. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to say, isn't it like three scenes or something where we see her drugging or the implication of yeah. drugging? Yeah, I think in this specific scene, she we straight up see her take the powder and put it in, and yeah. there's confirmation. Yeah, after they come back from the woods. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. of course they they flee for the woods together. They're like, okay, this is it. This is the moment. We're going to go back in time, uh-huh. and everything's going to be fine. But the the police and Egon and Inez are there to to stop them, and they they take Mikkel. They arrest Ulrich, and Ulrich's like, I'll come back for you, and then he never does, which is tragic. But what's interesting, too, is as Ulrich is taken away in the woods, Egon's like, you know, next time I'm going to kill you because this is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. This is his fault. Yeah. Oof. And from there, he grows up. He yep. just spends yeah. the rest of his life growing into adulthood. Uh, he loses his desire to be a magician and meets Hana or falls in love with Hana and all of that. And so then we come all the way back around. It is June 20th, 2019, and it's the day of Ulrich's and Katarina's anniversary party. And Michael and Jonas talk in the kitchen about the lake and Hannah asks him if he's going to go to the party. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think I, I will. He sees Jonas with the yellow raincoat and drops the, the tin of coffee because he's just like struck by the I guess the memories are coming back then. Ugh. So um, I think that there's an interesting alternate version in events on November 4th, he's playing a game and then Katarina tells him to turn it off. And then Martha asks what's wrong with him. And then Katarina replies saying he's been having some nightmares. Martha jokingly tells Mikkel, maybe it wasn't a dream. Oh my God. I forgot about that in season three. Yep. And then, and that maybe the here and now was the one and none of them are real. He laughs, Mikkel laughs, but then the lights in the house start flickering. Oh my god! And I just think that's a really neat scene. That's that yeah. was that was it in my notes. I didn't want to pass by that. Wait, was that from the was that from the alternate world? Yes, that's the alternate yep. world. Yeah. Okay. Eva's world. I think because I think we we weren't sure how we were going to cover timelines if we were going to mostly focus yeah. on the timeline that you know in Jonas's world and then just kind of maybe mention bullet points of alternate realities if it made sense. This one was just one that I thought was an interesting kind of oh, tidbit. Yeah. Season three is so much like it's not so much a structured timeline and more like events that happen sequentially. There's more character building and world building and timeline stuff in the first two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, after this, later that day, he is in his studio. He watches the Nielsen's arrive. He sees himself get out of the car and come inside to the restroom. And that's when he goes down and has that moment. But on the other side of that moment as the adult, Jonas shows up. And this is also in the evening. So it's just them in the house. Hannah's off at the party and Michael's there and Jonas appears. Mergs, you wanted to talk about that, right? Go for it. Yeah, I think I think tying back to like what I said, what we were talking about in the at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, that scene was that was a big oof. For me, because it is that scene where you get to see your father again, who you never thought you'd see again. And you're seeing him before he died. You're seeing him before he died. 
And that yeah. moment where Jonas just looks at him, I lost it. I gotta be honest. Like he just you just see it in his face. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And it was something that I just it was like I just understood what was happening to like a deep level uh of my core. <laughs> I was like, ow. <laughs> and and I think, you know, when I realized what was actually happening surrounding what Jonas was actually supposed to do, what Adam had intended him to do. Go ahead. I was just going to back up a little bit because we see him pretending that everything's fine and being like really cheery towards Jonas. Michael? Yeah, Michael. And then Jonas goes, I know everything, dad. Like I know it all. And then he just breaks down. Yeah. And they embrace. And he does the ultimate fist bump. Yeah. That's what makes them break. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm like going to hurty places just thinking about it. I know. Ugh. It's it's nice. I mean, kind of going back to what you were you were saying about what you would do with time travel Murgles. It's nice that they were able to sit at the kitchen table together and kind of just chat. There's no Hana. There's no distractions. They're able to to sit there. And Jonas tells him that he's from the future and explains that like he's here to keep him from. Yeah, he begs him not to kill himself. And of course, that's where it all goes off the rails. But before that, it's nice because he didn't he wasn't planning on it. No. Yeah. Had no and idea. And it's when Jonas says, please don't kill yourself. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, tomorrow you you do this thing and so shows him the letter and it plants the seed in his head, right? Like, this is what I have to do. Well, no, because oh, someone God. comes in, Claudia comes in and is oh, like, you got to do like, this. And then right, they explain the right. whole thing. And then he's like, oh, okay, I have no problem <laughs> doing that now. Um, and that's a really heartbreaking moment as well. But you know what I yeah. found interesting was like, just jumping off of what you said, peeves, is this mm. that moment. What a what a gift Jonas gave to him in that moment. Yeah. Because no one, no one and knows the truth. Knows the truth or believed him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was completely alone in that. Yep. I, I almost on it's almost as if it it I can't imagine it even pushes him further towards doing the right thing or like actually committing suicide because I imagine for him the the emotional psychological release of knowing that someone actually understands and like I don't have to live with this real. anymore and it's real. Yeah. 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 He just looked like a little boy. Yeah. Oh, and also in this scene, uh Michael tells him it yeah. was you who took me back. Yep. And this is Jonas before that happens. And so he's like, What, what do you mean I did it? I, yeah. Oh yeah, that's when we figure that out too. Yeah. I remember being like, What? Yeah. What? <laughs> For the longest time, I was like, Mickle's in on this. He he wasn't scared when they heard the sounds at the cave. He just like walked into 1986. Is someone pulling the strings with him? Is he doing this knowingly? But no, he just trusted his friend yeah. at the time. <sighs> yeah. And so in this scene when they're at the table, I love how Michael is like putting the pieces together. And he says he's starting to remember everything and realizing that maybe Jonas is here not to stop him, yeah. but to show him what to do. And Michael makes a comment about maybe he's just a tiny piece of that larger tumor that is much bigger and, and God has a plan. And this There's is another cancer reference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, Claudia arrives and just kind of like nails that. Like, yep, this is supposed to happen. And she says it's bigger than just the two of you. So you have to you have to do this. Yeah, but really. It's bigger than the two of you. But I want to just save my daughter. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. Claudia. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Yeah, it's super fucked up. After watching yeah. season three, she comes in and she's like, there's yeah. this side of darkness and there's a side of light and I'm the side of light and this is bigger than you. But really, she's orchestrating yeah. this whole thing to free her daughter. And, and save some people that will remain from being stuck in a time loop. So, you know, I get it. True. But really, that's her motivation is to save her daughter. Yeah. Motivation is her guilt for not being there yeah. for her daughter. And then her daughter gets cancer. And then, yeah. Oof. Absurd. And after that, on June 21st, Michael finishes his letter, writes, do not open before November 4th at 10.13 p.m. and puts it on the bench next to a photo of his family. And then he stands on a stool and hangs himself. And that is the end of his timeline. God. What a tragic character in its entirety. (laughs) Because in in truth, like all of the other characters, while they have you know, some tragedy going on. They are, you know, aware of what's happening. They're involved in what's happening. They know about the timelines. They know all of this stuff. Mikkel and Mikhail are just left alone to their own devices, wondering what is happening for their entire lives. And then just that sacrifice that's made at the very end. And I'd also like to note that the moment where Mikhail realizes like, oh, I have to sacrifice myself. I could sacrifice myself. And older Jonas, the the traveler, the stranger, tells him when they're looking at young Mikkel, tells him, you know, you wouldn't exist if you brought him back, right? Yeah. And are you willing to make that sacrifice? And Jonas doesn't, but Mikhail does. And I think that's a beautiful moment when Jonas, you know, eventually also does. Yeah, such a good point. That's weird. I just am like reading all these like little tidbits and notes and like looking at pictures of little young Mikhail in the car. And I'm just like, he is a tragedy. And I, I just want a reality where he doesn't get taken, you know, and he's happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all want a reality where all of the characters that we love don't get taken or aren't convinced to live in an endless cycle of nightmares. I mean, we all want that for ourselves too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like we all just want a reality where sometimes we can go back and change that horrific thing that happened to us or, yeah. You know, we could get like way out there and say, if energy cannot be created or destroyed, if they were dissipated when those worlds were ended, maybe their energy is in a better place now. Yeah. Or somewhere else in a different person. Yeah. I think you could argue that might actually be the case in intention from the showrunners based on that very last scene where Hannah sees yes. the yellow raincoat and feels deja vu and then says, I think I might name him Jonas. Yeah. And I think that that is like a really beautiful, perhaps a very beautiful way to say that no matter like every entity, every being, every bit of energy continues on and influences everything else, no matter what. In an endless cycle. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was a great episode. Great. That was a great episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is it for today. Um, Let's talk about where we can find us. Sure. Murgles, how about you? Oh, okay. Sure. Um, Hi, I'm Murgles. Uh, I am a uh, animator and stuff. You can find me. I stream on Twitch. I'm making an animated film. So if you're interested in that, you can come watch me on Twitch. Uh, dot tv slash murgles or you can find me on twitter twitter dot you know com slash murgles um and uh, that's the best way to find me so thanks bye 
<laughs> Merkel's stream in the morning where she's animating her movie is my favorite stream to go to. So, oh man, thank you so please much. Please go check her out. Thank you. It's yeah, I agree with that. Oh, geez, it's thanks. so good. It's yeah, it's the best way to start. It the is morning. a relaxing stream, and she is a professional, and she is a joy to watch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. PB, how about you? Yes, thank you. Hi, I am PB, aka Pumpkinberry, and you can find me at Twitch and Twitter at Pumpkinberry, and you can find all of the crazy projects that I have my hands in on Pumpkinberry.tv. I have a blog with photography. I run a couple of other cool podcasts, and I do a whole bunch of um, tabletop RPG stuff. So yeah, and I also stream, but you can find everything right there at Pumpkinberry.tv. Yep. Thank you so much. I'm going to shout you out too, PB, oh because <gasps> PB is currently GMing. Um, yeah. This incredible RPG called Gone. And if you are interested, go to tablestory.tv. Gone is an incredible story that she homebrewed herself using the Nibiru system. I do have to say it yes. has some darky vibes. Yeah, if to you're it. into it dark, have darky y'all vibes. are yeah. going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. It is still airing live um, mm-hmm. on every Wednesday on Table Story on Twitch. So go check it out. But otherwise, I think, PB, you're like the only Renaissance woman that I know personally. You're like into everything. And it's so cool. It's true. It's facts. Yeah. (laughs) This is the nicest round of shout outs I've ever had. (laughs) Everybody's just shouting each other out. Like, oh, yeah. And go check this out. (laughs) So good. Speaking of which, enamel pins. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's now Acorn's turn. Yes, I'm Acorn Bandit. You can find me on Twitter at Acorn Bandit. And you can find me um, at joyson.com, which is J-O-I-S-A-N-S. And uh, yeah, I make enamel pins. And I also do this podcast. They're so, They're so good. <gasps> They're beautiful. Are we going to do Are we gonna do dark pins? Are we going to have a dark pin? We can absolutely do a dark <gasps> pin if you want. Yes. Oh! I would the love to. The question is, what would we do, though? Would it be the... Oh, oh God. there's so many options. What would we do? There are so many options. We'll have to discuss it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. We we do. <laughs> and we must. Yes, please. <laughs> you also do another podcast, huh? Yes. I it's do. So good. Yeah. I do another podcast on the Geek Generation Network with uh, my co-host, Booster Greg. And we are doing a watch along of Avatar The Last Airbender. And it is so much fun. I think I've been waiting to do this my whole life. It's It's Aww. great. You Yay. absolutely have. And she sounds so natural. And I just have to say, I'm just going to brag for her for a little bit. It's the most listened to podcast on the network. And it's like the newest also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. We found Nailed out it. last week and we're just like, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, just having fun yes, talking are. to yes, each other. We... <laughs> but that's the best part. That's the best part. Yeah. You're just yeah. having fun. Oh, and I did want to I did want to shout something out. I'm not sure when to do this, but um, I found a really cool Instagram that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, so it's Instagram.com and the username is DarkDCReddit. Ooh. I don't know how it only has 178 follow- followers, but it's essentially the Instagram for the subreddit Dark, but it's got so much fan art on it. And like screen caps from the show um, and everybody's like credited. It's so amazing. It's just like a really nice, if you're missing dark, which I am, Mm -hmm. (laughs) follow that and it will just add a little bit of um, joy to your day. Like I think I saw somebody did a custom set of Vans shoes with the (gasps) wallpaper. Oh my yeah, gosh. From, the, so from the room, oh my from gosh. the time traveling room. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely so, so good. Um, there's like knit pillows, there's ink art, there's cosplay. It's just, 
it's really, really good. And it also looks like somewhat newer, you know, but it's still updated. Like there was just this awesome Claudia fan art yesterday. Awesome. So go follow it. It's great. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Of course, if we've missed anything, you can tweet at us individually. Use our hashtag darkcompanionpod or email us at darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. Please email us. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, please. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Of course, special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful cover art that we have for our album cover. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It is gorgeous and we love it so much. So thank you. You can find Johnny at Johnny Knight on Twitter. That's J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. We are also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network and you can find more of our awesome podcasts over on thegeekgeneration.com next thursday primary the use of color in dark we'll catch you next time